Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And I had a word I was preparing. And God has two more words for us on Sunday and the Sunday after that because I was working on something else. And I was wondering what the tug of war was, but God was just getting me ready for first Sunday. But I'm kind of tying this in. Don't worry, I didn't forget about the other Sunday either. But, but God was just tying that in to this because this is what Pentecost Sunday, amen? And we want to make sure we talk about the Holy Spirit, amen? You know, you can't say the Holy Ghost sometimes because sometimes folk are already scared of the Spirit. And so I don't want to call the Holy Ghost, amen? Acts 2, verses 1 through 4, read, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to the rest to rest on them, on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Amen, amen. Lord, please help me bring a word for you. Bless them. Bless us. Allow us to understand more about the Holy Spirit in this day, on this time, in this hour. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 I want to speak to you about the work of the Holy Spirit or the works of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is, is more uh, that the Holy Spirit does, but I'm just going to go over 10 things. Amen. 10 things. Shout out to my media team. We have a PowerPoint for you as we go along. Amen. Anyway, although we often credit the arrival to the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit has always been working. From the beginning, Scripture says, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. In the Old Testament, we frequently read about the actions of the Holy Spirit. He would come upon people such as judges, kings, and prophets. And you know how I said he? See, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. You have God the Father. God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have him in three manifestations, just like H2O can be water, ice, or steam. Amen. He's the same. It's the same person. Amen. Just three different characteristics. You know how some of y'all got three different personalities? Well, at least God lets you know. Come on, somebody. He, he, he you know. He has three, three functions of himself to make sure that he can take care of us. Come on. Have you ever got mad at somebody? You wanted to fire him, but you want to be a mentor at the same time. It, it kind of caused you uh, some confusion because it's hard to be a mentor and a boss. Come on, somebody. It's, it's, it's hard to do both because you got to take off one hat and put on the other hat. And, and sometimes you got to be like, look here, son, I got to fire you. Look here, bro, I got to fire you. Put your dad on. Hey, son, what you need? I know you just got fired just now. <laughs> you understand? But, but so God said, you know what? You all continue to do stuff you're not supposed to do. So you know what? I'm going to make a part of myself to lead you into all truth. I know you can't do right. So I'm going to give you the power. I'm going to send you the advocate, the paraclete, the comforter, the helper in the form of the Holy Spirit. And even if you make your bed in hell, I'm going to be right there with you. And so anyway, uh, the New Testament, the Spirit God, uh, of God conceived Jesus in the womb of Mary. 
in Luke 1.35, descending upon him bodily as a dove at his baptism in Luke 3.22, anointed his preaching ministry in Luke 4.16, and gave him supernatural power to perform signs and wonders in Matthew 12.28. And after his resurrection, Jesus promised his disciples in Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus kept his promise of the day of Pentecost when God poured out the Holy Spirit upon the believers gathered in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, uh, the text that we are referencing. The impact of the arrival of the Holy Spirit was so powerful, it galvanized Peter and gave him and other disciples the courage to preach openly. Y'all remember Peter had just punked out the other day. Come on, somebody. And now the Holy Spirit came upon him, and now he's bold. If you really want to become bold and speak about injustice, if you really want to be bold and combat racism, if you really want to be bold and use your white privilege to help other people who are less fortunate, if you can just pray for God to give you a double dose of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he will enable you to do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Resulting Again, in a great revival after he openly preached and a great missions movement that took the gospel from Jerusalem to Rome and over the centuries uh, uh, from Rome to us. The Holy Spirit was, has always been working, but his work is not aimless. In fact, he has a job description. In reading scripture, you can count on finding clear descriptions of the Spirit's various tasks. Scripture does not leave the works of the Spirit to our imagination. The Spirit of God has specific work to be done, and scripture clearly teaches us about that work. Look, it's ten works of the Spirit. Ten works that I'm going to name, not saying it's only ten, but I'm going to just give you ten today. Amen? Number one, the Holy Spirit exalts Jesus. The Holy Spirit exalts Jesus. This is the Spirit's first and primary work. The number one item on his job description, it is the, it is the work about which he is always most concerned. Everything else the Spirit does connects with the primary task. See, in Genesis, he was a ram in the bush, you know what I'm saying? In Exodus, he was a Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he was the high priest. In Numbers, he was a pillar of fire by day and a pillar of, 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 of cloud by, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He was all these things, everything that happens in the Bible points at Jesus. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I don't want to get into too much. On the day of Pentecost, when the apostle Peter explained the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he preached about Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus himself said in John 15, 26, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And in John 16, 14, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So basically, God sends Jesus, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, and if you can learn how to commune with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will bring you closer to Jesus, and Jesus will bring you closer to God. It is always the Spirit's mission to exalt Jesus. The Spirit has not come so we might go away from the service talking about the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit. The Spirit has come that he might be deeply impressed with the person and the work of Jesus Christ and go away excited about his work. 
The gifts are necessary to thrust us into the mission and work of Jesus. The purpose of the Spirit is to exalt Jesus and to let him be lifted up. Your voice ain't for you to be exalted. Your voice is to exalt Jesus. That's why the Holy Spirit gave you the gift to sing so you could glorify Jesus. Your organ is not played to glorify you and say how great Dre is. It's, to, it's, it's given to you under the unction of the Holy Spirit to bring people to Jesus. It is not your giftedness on the camera for you to be able to get all these views and likes on YouTube. It's for you to give the gifts back and evangelize and bring people to Jesus. Everything the Holy Spirit gives you is to exalt Jesus. You have to gift the priest sometimes even when you're not prepared because the Holy Spirit want to make sure Jesus is exalted in you. Did you feel the shade God just threw at me? <laughs> Two. <laughs> The Holy Spirit convicts us. Number two. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me. I'll be ready next week. In John 16, <laughs> See, y'all thought the Holy Spirit would be on y'all. He'd be on me too. Jesus identified inner conviction as the work of the Spirit. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of the world now stands condemned. That's the devil he's talking about, if you didn't know, and that's Jesus who's talking. He said the Holy Spirit is like the prosecuting attorney for God, but he attempts to help us before we face judgment day. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. It, 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 it is the Spirit's mission to convict us in three areas. First, he gives us an awakened sense of sin, particularly the sin of unbelief in Jesus. The Spirit wants to reverse that unbelief so we will thrust, uh, trust and believe in Christ. Two, or second, the Spirit wants to affirm to us the righteousness of Jesus. The Pharisees said Jesus was of the devil, but the Spirit says he is of the Father. The Holy Spirit desires to reverse the, world, the world's verdict of Jesus. The world has judged him as either an imposter or simply one among many prophets. The Spirit's mission is to affirm the righteousness of Jesus, and he calls on us to look to him alone for salvation. Lastly, the Spirit brings an acknowledgement that judgment has already been passed against the evil one. Satan is already finished. Satan is already lost. Come on, somebody. You already know Denzel going to win at the end of the movie. Come on, somebody. If he the good guy, and sometimes even if he the bad guy because he Denzel. Come on, somebody. Do you understand that even when you're in the midst of a battle, you're going to win already? He's the author and finisher of your faith. Come on, somebody. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He already knew you before you was in your mother's womb. He already had an expected end for you. He already knew you was going to win before the life movie of you started. You just got to take care of the in-between time. If you can just keep pressing toward the mark of this holy call, you will be all right. Number three, the Holy Spirit regenerates us. The Spirit regenerates us. Jesus said, verily, truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. 
Spiritual regeneration comes through the Spirit's presence. Jesus acted upon the truth when on the evening of his resurrection, he breathed upon the disciples and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. That's John 20, 22. Until that point, the faith of Jesus' disciples had been identical to every Old Testament saint. They looked forward to the Messiah who would one day come. But now Jesus' work was finished on the cross and he stood before the disciples with proof that his work on the cross had merit. They received the opportunity that no one before them had ever been given to believe in him who is life, no longer with anticipatory faith, but with evidence of Christ's finished work. Jesus breathed on them and gave a life, a new sense. God had formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now Jesus, is, Jesus breathed a new order of life into his disciples, eternal life. He gave them power to do all things. Not some things. You know, the problem with you is you think you can only do some things. You think some things are impossible. Come on, somebody. You better know that you a little I am. Come on, somebody. Remember when God said I am? Come on, somebody. God even gave you a I am. He told, he told Abraham, go say I am sent you. Y'all better watch out. I am. God is saying I am whatever it is you need. And because Jesus is the only begotten son, but he's the firstborn son, even though I have not been begotten by God, I've been adopted by God, which means I have the same power that Jesus had in me. I am sent me. Y'all better watch out. I am whatever God tells me I am, and I walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why I don't fear any man or anybody coming against me, because I know the Holy Spirit is the author and finisher of my faith. It's already finished. I just got to walk it out. The movie has already been written. I'm already victorious, and so are you. You better tell that slippery serpent that you've already won and send him back to the pits of hell where he came. You better let him know, I know my feet may hurt, but he told me you will bruise my heel, but I'm going to crush your skull, baby. My feet may hurt, but your head is about to go. Them little pricks that the devil give you and you whining about it. Even Muhammad Ali got hit. Y'all better watch out. Even when you boxing, if you win, Mayweather got hit before. It doesn't matter if you get hit as long as you win. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, y'all missed it. Some of y'all don't want to get hit at all. You're going to get hit. But he ain't going to knock you out. I wish, I wish I could call on LL. God said knock you out. But I'm going to leave that alone. Number four, the Holy Spirit lives in us. That's why we're on this temple check. Amen. We're on this temple check to make sure we understand that we take care of the temple of God. He does not live in New Beach Grove. He does not live at First Baptist Denby. He does not live at the Potter's House. He does not live at Victory Church. He does not live in any of these buildings. He lives in you. And when you come in here, iron sharpens iron because you got all these churches in the midst of this building because you are the church. You house the Holy Spirit. Do you think that God allowed the COVID virus to hit just a little bit to make sure you understood that you 
were the church and it was not the building. It was not the steeple on top of the building. You can have church wherever you are. Some of y'all might need to pull over in your car right now because the Holy Spirit is about to deal with you and you listen to us right now on the radio because God has anointed me to preach the gospel and liberate the poor. You better understand when the Holy Spirit is on you. Oh, they don't understand me. Thank you, God. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? 1 Corinthians 3.16, just so you know it wasn't Maxwell telling you. Paul's word to the church of Corinth were addressed to people who had become insensitive to the spirit's presence. Ain't that crazy how the Corinthian church became insensitive to the spirit's presence although they were gifted? You can be gifted and not be sensitive to the spirit. You can be gifted and still preach a word and not be sensitive to the spirit. You can be gifted and sing a solo and still not be sensitive to the spirit. And sometimes we reduce our gifts to talents because we're not walking in the anointing. And so you get up here with your talented self and you sing a song and people jump, but they ain't getting delivered. You get up here and you preach and people get all air and they stand up and say, preach, Ray, preach, and throw their towels and, and mask at you. But at the end of the day, nobody is set free because it's just a talent because you reduce the anointing because you were not sensitive to the spirit. You wanted to preach what you wanted to preach. You wanted to show everybody you knew the Greek and Hebrew, but well, you listen to what God tells you to do. Paul reminded the church that although they were filled with many things, <laughs> they were not of the spirit. God's spirit lived them, lived in them. <laughs> I said that wrong. Let me tell you that. God is saying that although a lot of things live in them that were not of the spirit, Some of us in the ACL looking for Nikki. If you're from there, you know what I'm talking about. If you ain't, you saved. Stay saved. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 some of us are looking for love in all the wrong places. And even though we have fornication, even though we have lying, even though we have cheating, even though we have adultery, even though we have stealing, even though we have backstabbing, even though we have gossip, the spirit is still within us and God wants to use us. And he's saying, although you contaminate it, if you can just yield to the spirit, he will lead you into all truth. Stop letting the devil condemn you. If you could have done it on your own, he never would have went to the cross. He never would have walked down 40 and two burning generations, enrolled himself in the flesh, came out Emmanuel, God is with us. He never would have went to the cross and became a lamb like going before the shearers and before the slaughter. He never would have let them put nails in his hands and stretched him wide. He never would have allowed the world to, 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 to turn the moon to turn the blood. And he never would have allowed the world to just go black and the sun not shine. He never would have went through all that and gave the Holy Spirit if you could have done it on your own. You all fall short. We all fall short of the glory of God. And the Bible said if you don't believe you fell short, you ain't nothing but a liar with your perfect in your mind self. Oh, if I could go back to 8-Ball and MJG. And he was a 
in his own mind, you know. And some of us are perfect in our own mind. Well, actually in our own rhyme, but he said own rhyme, but I'm talking about in your own mind. In your own mind, you're perfect, but you're not. The Spirit's presence helps us to resist the power of the evil one. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I can't do it, Jesus. I can't. We know you can't, dummy. Let Jesus do it. He's the one that leads you into all truth. He's the one that gives you the strength. He's the author and finisher of your faith, not you. That's why you keep losing, because you keep going on your own natural power. Yeah. We don't successfully deal with sin until we come to God and say, Lord, fill me full of the Holy Spirit and give me the abiding presence of Jesus. You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. You keep trying to do it on your own. Five, the Holy Spirit seals the believer. You are made man or made woman. Come on, somebody. The devil can't touch you without permission from God. Remember when the devil said he had nobody to tempt and kept going to and fro? And God said, have you not noticed my servant Job? And he said, it's because you got a hedge around him. Well, let me take you something, baby. He got a hedge around Sister Dolores. He got a hedge around Brother Jarvis. He got a hedge around Shaw. He got a hedge around Jarrell. He got a hedge around Dawson. He got a hedge around everybody that's called to the power of the Holy Spirit. And until God gives them permission to touch him. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't know why I'm on all these gangster and worldly movies right now. I must got a whole bunch of guests on the Internet right now because y'all sure got me referencing all of my movie and, 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 and rap music and all this. But you remember Joe Pesci in the movie uh, Goodfellas. He killed a made man without permission, and then they said it was going to make him, but they killed him. Uh, if you ain't watched the movie, stay delivered. But what I'm trying to tell you is this. When, you, when the devil touched a made man or woman, whoever hands touched you at your job. God is going to deal with them. And sometimes God deals with people even when he gives them permission to touch you. Remember he got mad at the Israelites, put them in captivity and then got mad because the people put them in captivity and God is the one that let them be in captivity because he got mad at them because they were not being obedient to him. Well even when God allowed your enemy to touch you, he get mad at your enemy. I ain't worried about nobody messing with me on my job. My promotion is coming because you know what? God said he prepares a place for me in the presence of my enemies and if you touching me right now, you're about to become a stepstone, baby. Yeah, he seals the believers. You mark with him. Woo. Let me go ahead and read what Paul wrote in Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. He says, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. The promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance into the redemption of those who are God's possession. He also wrote, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Don't go around here doing foolish stuff. You got too much power. You don't see Superman out in them streets. <laughs> he ain't got time to be out in them streets. He's trying to save the world. God has anointed you to save a part of the world and even have the gospel going across the world. He has redeemed you and set you aside, sanctified you. You ain't got time for foolishness. Mm, I ain't giving one amen, but I appreciate the sister. Everybody else want to do what they want to do. They want to live their best life. 
<laughs> when you become a believer, God takes his invisible stamp of ownership, the Holy Spirit, and brands your life. His presence is in your life. Is a mark that you belong to God. Touch me if you want to. So you're going to walk in a holy power and people think you're arrogant. Touch me if you want to. Paul also said that the Holy Spirit is a down payment that guarantees you're completely Christ. See, we say a house is sold when a contract is entered into. I don't say it. The house is put in escrow. Then we place a for sale sign. Uh, on the for sale sign, you put a sold notice. But the house is not really sold until it's cleared escrow. Hopefully, the person who puts the down payment has enough assets to, completely, uh, to complete the transaction. See, to use that analogy, Paul said, there is coming a day when you will be completely God's in eternity. You are now in escrow. And the Holy Spirit has sealed you and marked you saved across your life. Of course, you can opt out through a willful decision to walk away from Christ and therefore fall away from his grace, one day you're going to be totally out of the world and completely and completely his. Fortunately, we don't have to worry about the good credit of the one who's buying us. His assets are sufficient. When the soul sign goes up over your life, it's a deposit that guarantees your redemption unless you opt out. Once you cover by the blood of Jesus, you cover by the blood of Jesus unless you want to renounce the blood of Jesus. No matter how many times you mess up, you still redeemed. No matter how many times you fall, you still covered with the blood of Jesus. What can separate me from the love of my God? No height, no depth, no principality, no former thing or latter thing. Nothing can separate me from the love of my God. He was not a God. He said, look here, I'm going to be tempted at all points. I'm going to walk down here with you and understand that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I'm going to dwell among you to make sure that I give you my attention. He spoke the world into existence. He spoke the stars into existence. He spoke light into existence. And we still don't know if light is particles and waves or waves and particles. We don't know what it is. He spoke a seed into existence. We still don't necessarily understand photosynthesis as much as we could. We put a seed in the ground and all of a sudden the sun makes it grow. You can't just uncover it and try to see exactly what's going on. Why? Because God spoke those things into existence. They're so uh, extravagant. We don't even know. We used to call some of those... Uh, a world, some of those planets, uh, 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 moons, and, and, and now they say, no, they're stars. Still don't understand all the different galaxies. Don't even understand the whole universe. Don't understand how in the world, if you travel the speed of light, if you went around the world, would you come back the same age? We don't know any of this stuff. And it's so amazing that he spoke the sun to not be too far away, but not that you freeze, but not so close that you burn up. He allows the, the, the world to tilt on its axis to get uh, warm uh, and to have summer in one part and winter in the next and tilt it another way to do the opposite. My God, he, it rotates and we're spinning at a centrifugal force, not so fast that we're thrown into the atmosphere, but not so slow that we stand, that we slide out. We're on a round planet. How in the world does God do this? But... He did all that by speaking the word, but with you, he stooped down with his own hands and formed you. Come on, somebody. He spoke stars into existence. You understand how many gases are in a sun, how many gases are in a star. We don't understand any of this stuff, but all 
all I know is if God spoke all that, how amazing are you that he used his own hands and breathed himself into you, the Holy Ghost, and you dare fornicate and connect yourself with a prostitute. You dare cuss folk out with the mouth that God has blessed you to bless things with. What in the world is wrong with us? You're wonderfully and fearfully made. He used his own hands. He was intimate with you, and after he made you, he had to rest. He didn't rest when he made the universe. He didn't rest when he made the sky. He didn't rest when he made the moon. He didn't rest when he made the seas. He didn't rest when he made the sharks. He didn't rest when he made the fish. He didn't rest when he made the lion. He didn't rest. But when he made you, he put so much of himself in you that he had to rest. That's how powerful you are and you're worried about the devil. You silly Christian, you. All this power you have in the devil, he did, and I can't find no job. Who cares? He's the author and finish of your faith. He gives you the power to obtain wealth. You don't need a job to get money, but you better look for one. Got to talk to the lazy folk. You know, they, they'll just sit at home. Faith without words is dead, all right? <laughs> he, can, he can bless you without a job, but if you ain't looking for one, Disclaimer for the lazy folk. Amen. Number six, the Holy Spirit guides us. Woo! Man, God be looking out for me. You hear me? Oh, Jesus. Living in the Spirit is a personal relationship. Stop trying to do what I do, and I'm going to stop trying to do what you do. I can't make clips like Diedrich. Why am I trying to be like him? Why am I trying to sing like Derry? I can't sing. Get up here because I'm jealous. Hold on, hold on. Me, 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 me. Stupid. Preachers try to make you sing because all other preachers sing. I just preach. Got time to be doing something I can't do. God didn't give me in that. He gifted me somewhere else. How many? I'm going to stop. I'm going to kiss myself. Shout out to kiss myself. When you maintain a life of prayer, and communion with the Lord, you can learn on the, you can lean on the impressions you get while praying. See, there are so many instances of the Holy Spirit's guidance in Scripture. Acts 8.29 says, the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Also in Acts 13 and 2, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Now, you know that was the Holy Spirit because Saul was going around killing everybody. Now, they're saying, set them aside. We're really helpless in getting accurate guidance and direction unless the Spirit works within us. You know why some of our business plans don't work? We don't infiltrate God. I've been talking about doing a real estate seminar since I started doing my real estate company, but I never had a clear understanding of what God wanted me to do. And now when we do it one on the fifth, it's going to be powerful because God guided me. See, stop trying to lean on your own understanding, even with business. The problem is you want to come to church and think, oh, that's when you're supposed to walk in the spirit. You're supposed to walk in the spirit all seven days. Oh, I'm going to church. I'm going to get my spirit to fed. You should be getting fed all week. You should be reading your word, walking in the spirit all the time. You're supposed to pray without ceasing. 
That don't mean you just walk around here, oh, cover with the blood, cover with the blood. No, you talk to God all day. God, what should I do right here? God, should I go right here? God, you be talking to him and let him guide you and order your steps in his word. But sometimes we get off track because we don't read our word enough. He said, if you read his word, you won't be thirsty, but you got to drink. Water, you drink water, you're going to get thirsty after a while. In fact, when you get thirsty, you already dehydrated. You're supposed to continually drink water all day and never get thirsty. When you're thirsty, you already didn't drink enough. You should never let yourself become thirsty. You should drink water so much that you continue to keep yourself hydrated. That's how it is with the word of God. When you start worrying, you already dehydrated with the word of God because you didn't have enough in you. If you read the word enough, even when the storm comes, you will be hydrated enough not to cuss somebody out when they get on your nerves. Come on, somebody. I went hydrated up last week, so I got to have meetings this week because folk was getting on my nerves because I went hydrated. You got to be hydrated. You can't be running around here. Deacons, let me talk to you. You can't be running around here dealing with the sick and, and the dead and without reading your word. Don't get so caught up that you don't take the time to commune with God because you don't want to walk into a ministry sing dehydrated. Some of us are dehydrated because we're not letting the Spirit guide us and we guide in ourselves. I'll show you a broke, messed up life. I'll show you a dehydrated Christian. You weren't drinking at the water of life. When you read the word, it's water to your soul. Some of you all smell real good with your Gucci Guilty. You smell good with your Dosi and Gabbana, but your spirit stinks. I smell faithlessness. <laughs> ah, you helpless unless you allow the spirit to guide you. You have to open up yourself to the power of God and let him order your steps. The problem is you're so rigid that you don't let God lead you and guide you. Oh, Brother Dre, they are, they are, ooh, they are treat you so bad if you don't pray for your food. And now you should pray for your food. But can I tell you something? Most of us pray and the chicken already cooked. Unless you pray for God to redeem the time, my way just eat. I ain't saying don't pray for your food, but did you pray for who you going to marry? Did you pray for that job that you took or did you just take it? Hmm? Did you go to that business meeting because you wanted to or did you let God order your steps in his word? We pray about our food every day and that's not nowhere as important as who you marry, what job you take, what you move to. But sometimes we make up our own mind and go where we want to go and don't let the spirit order our steps in his word. And we wonder why our life's so messed up because you didn't grab the manual. If you will grab the manual to learn how to put a bookcase together, if you read the manual to put your baby by together. If you'll read the manual to know how to do some macrame or some type of acrylic stuff, if you'll read the manual to learn how to change the oil in your car, why don't you read the manual for your life and let the word of God magnify the Holy You know why the Holy Spirit not magnifying you? Because you don't read your word enough. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God. The Bible, the word of God is the sword of the Spirit. The more you read your Bible, the bigger your sword is. The more power you walk in. The more anointing you walk in, the more confidence you walk in. 
Number seven, trying to get us out of here. The Holy Spirit prompts us to worship. Ooh, have you ever just been in Whole Foods like, oh, Lord, I got enough money to buy this? <laughs> Trader Joe's, oh, Jesus. Let me, let me, let me, let me talk to the other folk, too. Uh, fool line is still happy. I can't afford that. Pray a little more. Just pray just a little more. <laughs> Hallelujah. God a prompt, because you adore him so much, you would just break out in worship and you're in the middle of the mall. You break out in worship sitting in your cubicle. Because he knows what God likes. God loves when you honor him. Can I talk to the grandparents? Why you like your grandbabies more than your kids? Because you don't have to whoop them. <laughs> and they love you all the time. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all yeah, yeah, don't hear what I'm saying. They're always loving on you. And when you always love on God. Have, have you ever hit a child because they did something wrong and they run to you and you hit them? Don't that make you feel bad? Well, some of y'all just gangster like that. <laughs> you whoop a child and, and they run to you for comfort. And you don't want to hit them. Oh, Lord, you get them a lollipop, you feel all bad. They done gamed you. They don't even know, but they love you, and they know they did something wrong. They don't comprehend it, but they stay walk to you. That's how you got to be with God, even when he chastises you. <laughs> Go to God and watch how he takes care of you. It'll usher you to worship him, even when he chastises you. You know what, God? I'm glad you hit me right here. At least you didn't let me get hit over here. Did you know what I love about God? God will let you get hit in the areas you fortified in, but won't let you get hit in your area of weakness. He always lets you get hit by a lie, but never the truth. Stop getting mad when people lie on you, because there's some truth out there that could be told. Huh? Oh, yeah, when I look back over my life and somebody lie on me, I just say, oh, Lord, thank you. Because somebody would have told the truth. <laughs> oh, the Holy Spirit working today. Oh, ain't nothing but the Holy Spirit. Y'all already know how he shaded me in the beginning. I sure wasn't ready. I'm just walking. The Holy Ghost got to take over today. I'm just keeping 100. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus said in John 4.24, God is spirit. And his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. In Luke 10, 21, Jesus himself worshiped through the spirit. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 5, 18, he admonished us to be filled with the spirit and worship by speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs, psalms, hymns, and songs from the spirit. Paul went on to say in Ephesians 6.18, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kind of prayers and requests. If I can just get you to learn how to pray in the Spirit and not just in the natural, but let's master the natural first. But when you start praying in the Spirit, woo, girl, I remember my first church conference, Reverend Walden, and everybody was all nice to me, uh, uh, they're leading up that whole month, and all of a sudden, that on that Tuesday, I kept praying in the Spirit. I ain't know what I was praying about. I got to that church conference. Oh, Okay. God was preparing me for this. These same folk that smiled in my face, I ain't even did that. I just got here. I only had been here a month. <laughs> Look, no, in fact, I wasn't even here a whole month. I got here September the 5th, 
and, and the church comfort was like that. What, what Tuesday? What was Huh? It was that Tuesday. My God, I wouldn't even hear. Ooh, Jesus, the next Tuesday. He said it was the next Tuesday. And them Joe was just fussing. I, they were fussing at me. I, I just got here. I ain't do nothing but unpack my bags. <laughs> Did I put my tie on the wrong shelf? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But the Holy Spirit was prepping me because he knew what was going to happen at the meeting, even though I didn't know. When you learn how to commune with the Holy Spirit, he'll warn you before it comes. He'll show you what's coming down the street before it get to you. Can I, can I tell you this? The Holy Spirit is a gangster snitch. <laughs> Don't get mad at me, God. I just got to relate to somebody. He'll let you know every time somebody trying to be shady to you. He'll let you know before they do it. If you commune with him, you wonder why. You, now, now, I'm not talking to the crazy people. But you wonder why you uneasy around this person all the time because they shady. What, 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 what trusty spells that I've seen? Hope digging spells. Right? But, but, you, I mean, I talked to you about something. I said, why is it every time I did, and, and God showed me the shadiness? Can I tell you something? It don't matter what position somebody got. They can be a preacher, a pastor, an apostle. They, they can be a CEO. But sometimes you have haters on levels higher than you, and you wonder why they're hating on you because they know one day you're going to be doing better than them. But see, you don't see it sometimes. Sometimes people who are already somewhere can see what's in you before you get there because they're already in the position and know what it takes to get there. They know that they don't have some of the things you have and you're going to go beyond where they are so they'll hate on you. But see, some of y'all don't like when I talk about haters because you're a hater, but I'm going to try to help you. Why are you always talking about haters? They might always say, why are you always talking about me? I guess because you always hate it. <laughs> Get mad at me. I ain't even called your name. See, as we take the time to worship, our spiritual well is always being filled. For out of the life of the worshiper, rivers of living water will flow from within them. John 7 38. But when we stop being responsive to the Spirit in worship, we find that almost immediately we run dry. That's why, whoo, you need to learn how to worship in your car. When they sing, worship him. Well, if you're you at your house, stop sitting in, in your pajamas and just laying down. You better get in a posture where you can worship him. Come on, somebody, you got to be ready to worship him when worship going on. You got to be in the posture of worship, even sometimes when you at somewhere else just walking down the trail or something, God will usher you, to, the Spirit will usher you to praise him because he's trying to break something loose. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, but you got to reach up to heaven first, and the way you get to heavenly places, and the way God sits you on the council in the almighty spiritual realm is by the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth, not just natural truth, but spiritual truth. You are not down here when you pray. If you can learn how to sit on the council and be in the spiritual places and look down on what's going on. I know that's deep for you, but the Holy Spirit will show you how to sit in heavenly places and be in the midst of the Spirit so he can guide you into natural things. Oh, I'm trying... 
I'm trying, Diedrich. I see you struggling. We're going to get you out of here. We're going to get you out of here. I'm on number eight. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> number eight. The Holy Spirit empowers us for witness. Jesus said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and then all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Paul said to the Thessalonians, our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. Words are not enough. The Spirit ministers the things of Jesus to us. The Lord promised that as we go forth with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit will be active in our witness and empower us for his service. There is a balance between worship of the Lord and the work of the Lord. Because some of us are so caught up in worship, but we don't do nothing. After you get through worship, I need you to get up off of your blessed assurance and do something. It is never the purpose of the Lord to simply have the Spirit stir us to worship and then leave us there. The Spirit's task is to instill strength in us in the moment of worship so that we can go out and power it and do what the Lord wants us to do. All right? So after you worship, he's giving you the worship and the strength to go do something. Hopefully you ain't just practicing football just to practice. You need to have a game. Anyway, number nine, let me get out of here. The Holy Spirit enables us to understand and apply what is taught in the Word of God. The Spirit not only inspired the Scripture, but he also calls it to be inspiring. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for the teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. 2 Timothy 3.16, whatever the Spirit does will line up with the Scriptures because the Spirit inspired, because the Scripture, uh, Scripture, because the Spirit inspired Scripture to begin with. The two will always agree. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Spirit inspired the Scriptures. So when you're walking in the Spirit, the Scriptures don't come out if you read them. Uh, yeah, yeah let, me, let, me, let, me, let me get out of here. The Spirit called us to understand God's Word. Remember when the disciples used to come over and say, hey, God, well, what was the answer? Because they didn't know either. They sit there and look. You know how, they, how you sit in class and act like you know and then you're like you're packing your bag up because you're just trying to sit down and ask the teacher a question because you didn't want to ask in front of everybody. Even though some folks want to ask questions out loud all the time, thinking they make them look smart. If you were smart, you wouldn't need to ask some damn questions. <laughs> hey, when I be on, oh, I'm style almost name some folks. I'm like, let me go. The Spirit called us to understand God's word. You understand it because the Holy Spirit leads you into all truth. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you're not going to understand the scripture. It's not going to make sense. It's foolish to those who don't understand the spirit. They wonder how you can get an idea and God can tell you to open up your real estate company. Now you got the freedom to open up in the midst of a pandemic when nobody was supposed to be around anybody. And I opened it and even though everybody was like, why are you out there? Why? I don't know because God told me to. And all of a sudden, boom, real estate just blows up. Wouldn't let me do it for eight years. Nine years. But then he says, you can do it now. In the midst of a pandemic, made no sense. But it doesn't supposed to make sense. You don't lean on your own understanding. God will bless you. See? He enables you to understand and apply the word. So when you read the word, he'll guide you. Let me read this. Eh, I'm going to leave it alone. 
No, let me read this because some people need to hear this. Augustine was crazy, one of the great theologians. But he read this one scripture one day, Romans 13, 12 through 14. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. It's, a, this, it's not a rhyme. This is scripture. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in, day, as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. If you could just concentrate on Jesus and look toward the hills what's coming to your help, God would give you the strength to leave all that stuff alone. He's saying, look here, the day will end. You don't know when you're going to die. Get your life together now. Don't wait until tomorrow. We keep talking about, I'm going to wait until this day. I'm going to wait until that day. What tomorrow is not promised. Get it together now. If God is moving on your heart to be saved, you don't have to wait to the end of the sermon. Inbox us now. Let us know now. You can put your flashes on now. You can raise your hand up now. Don't wait. Get it together now because tomorrow is not promised, not even next moment. Number 10. See, Dre helping you out. You saw how he wanted there to tell me to sit down. You saw they trying to help you out. <laughs> Number 10. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will give life to our mortal bodies. The Holy Spirit will give life to our mortal bodies. Thank you. I know y'all got it together up there. This is a work of the Holy Spirit that's yet to come. But the promise of that work is connected incredibly with the resurrection of Christ himself. And look at this, Romans 8, 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Think of it. Paul identified that, ev uh, that event as positive proof of the validation of the gospel and the life-giving work of the Spirit. First of all, if the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the cross is in you, why are you worried about gas prices? Why are you worried about racism? Why are you worried about police brutality? Yes, you need to go against it. You need to combat it. But why am I worried about it? I'm covered with the blood of Jesus. If I have the Holy Spirit within me, I transcend all that stuff. See, you're a Christian, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Hispanic, if you're walking, if you're a Christian, you're walking in the anointing and the Holy Spirit has endowed you with power. But you got to give the Holy Spirit room. I'm going to read this and I'm going to sit down. Give the Spirit, give the Holy Spirit room. It says <clears throat> in an article, Five Faces of Pentecost, Dean Mira, an award-winning author, shares about his visit to an immigrant church in Amsterdam, Holland. It was a dynamite service. That's what he said. Dynamite. But, and even though he couldn't understand the language spoken, the Spirit's presence was very strong. He said he kept looking at a banner across the front of the sanctuary where the choir sat. It read, man, I don't even know why I'm going to read this, but y'all don't know what to say. No way. Jeef D. Hiligi gets Rumunti. Yeah, I don't know if I said it right, but you won't see it no way. <laughs> so anyway, it's, it's, and it's Dutch. He finally turned to a young man next to him and said, do you read Dutch? Some, he replied. What does that sign say? Uh, Brother Dean asked, pointing to the stage. He gave the translation, translation, give the Holy Spirit room. See, 
And I think about that. That's right. That's why we need to, that's what we need to do in our personal lives. That's what we need to do with our families. We have to allow the Holy Spirit room. Could our lives be in chaos because we have not given the Holy Spirit room? Could your job be getting on your last nerve because God told you to take the job that paid less money and 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 you took the one that made more money but he was trying to order your steps in his word and maybe he would have gave you a promotion i had some contracts come in the other day for this house and i didn't even tell my seller to take the highest offer because i could feel the vibe of the agents and i knew if we didn't sell the house when we needed to or fast enough that this agent wasn't gonna keep pushing and getting on my nerves and making my old school clients feel uncomfortable even though it wasn't the best offer so I never say I take your highest and best because some of us are reduced by numbers I need to be able to put my people in a place where they're the most comfortable and everything works out oh y'all don't hear what I'm saying we put in five and six contracts seven and eight contracts kept getting turned down because everybody kept beating ten and fifteen thousand dollars above what the houses were worth and so now we're, we didn't get a contract in time to close on time but that agent was so chill and I understood so my my people didn't get all anxious and nothing you understand what I'm saying because sometimes you can't go by money now we finally found them a house but we're gonna close 30 days later on the house that out the house that they're in but nobody tried to force them to leave nobody tried to walk away like some people do when you're not ready on time why because the Holy Spirit ordered my steps in his word. Stop trying to do stuff on your own and let God move you. Stop looking for money. Stop looking for validation. Stop looking for human validation. Stop it. Remember the prophet? I can't remember what prophet it is, but there was a prophet and he told him, don't go back the way you came, but he went back the way he came because some old prophet convinced him to go somewhere else and he did exactly what God told him not to do and then he was riding on his donkey, but a lion attacked him. I'm going to have to find the scripture. The lion attacked him. He was killed and the lion didn't even eat him. He was looking at the body and the donkey was looking at the body too and they both were like, God told you where to go. Can I tell you something? There's some chaos in your life sometimes because you're not allowing God to order your steps in his word. The storms may come up in your life, but if, you're, if you know you where you're supposed to be, you will have some type of sense of stability. People wonder why, how in the world could you go through some of the things that you went through when you came up here because I knew where I was supposed to be. So even in the midst of the storm, I was calm. Every now and then, my flesh may want to say something to you besides hallelujah. But I knew I was okay because I know God had ordered my steps in his word. Do you want this assurance that I'm talking about walking in? Do you want this peace I'm talking about where even when the enemy comes at you like a flood, you will be okay? Even when the fire comes, you will know you won't be burned. Even when the waters come, you will know they won't overtake you. Do you want this assurance? Well, the only way to get this assurance is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And after you accept him as your Lord and Savior, allow him to infill you with the Holy Spirit. 